Before we get into today's episode of the You and Me podcast, we wanted to take a moment to introduce to you our newest podcast partner, Naked Wines. Investing back into the Australian and New Zealand local winemakers market, Naked Wines makes the decision to spoil yourself and your loved ones with some incredibly delicious local wines all the more easier. I mean, why not really? From grapevine to glass, reds, whites or rosés, no one is left behind. And you know that when buying from Naked Wines, you are supporting those who aim to produce the highest quality wine independently and deliver direct to your door for a fraction of the cost. Your lover can be your bestie, your fiancé, even yourself. And right now, Naked Wines are offering our lovers $100 off your first case because we all need that kind of positivity in our lives. So use the online code for the lovers at Naked Wines and be prepared to make this a regular investment into supporting your local economy and yourselves. Head on over to www.nakedwines.com.au forward slash for the lovers now. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the podcast for real couples looking for real advice. This episode of Wedding Planning Q&A is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wanderlust Creative. On today's episode of the podcast, we bring you a second instalment of that much-loved Q&A episode, Styling Hacks. It's in our human DNA to want to make sure that we are getting the best of what we're investing. But let's be real, sometimes we don't have the amount of money needed to fulfill our dreams. How many of us have planned a Pinterest wedding, but have also planned a realistic wedding? I'm going to be tipping this as the majority of us. And it's not that it's a bad thing. Having goals is super important. However, channeling your spends in the right areas that's going to make the biggest difference can be a really hard feat. So today we put some theories down on where we suggest your investments should lie. Andy, good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good. How was your week? Uh, yeah, good. You know, same old. We're in regional at the moment, so we're coming out of lockdown in Victoria Friday. But not much is changing. No. Not much at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, most cafe, like everyone might be jealous of regional, but I mean, the restaurants, half of them aren't even opening because they're only a, a capacity of 10. Yeah. So it's kind of good, but Yeah. I think that um, I think with what's been announced with Sydney today, it will give our state that I feel is like the tail at the back of a dog. Like there's a whole body and then there's this dumb little tail wagging furiously at the bloody end that's got no idea what it's doing. But hopefully New South Wales will then be able to put all their exit plan into place and then give the Victorian government something to leverage off and put in place themselves because we currently sit here at 300 cases a day with no idea and they've got over a thousand a day and they've got an exit plan so locally people in Victoria will be hoping that there is something good to come of what's going out of New South Wales today. We can only hope. I know, I know. Tell us what you've watched or what you are reading this weekend. That's all we can talk about. Um, yeah, I watched that Todd Sampson mirror mirror, but I've also been extremely invested in all the influences going down over the past week. <laughs> There's been a lot. There's been a lot of stuff happening. It's been a little bit Where wild. do we begin? We've got Nadia Bartel, Georgia Love at the moment, Guy Sebastian. Oh, there's so much. 
Yeah, I was just <laughs> listening to a podcast um, interview with um, Shameless and they were talking about it. So it's quite good. That actually is a good episode by the girls at Shameless. I think that they kind of delved into the issues pretty well. Yeah. And pretty fairly. I love how they did a poll on, they were saying that they did a poll and they asked, um, are you more pissed off about Nadia Bartel doing cocaine or the fact that she broke lockdown? And 40,000 people answered their poll on Instagram. Oh my God. 40,000. And it, it was 88%, 88% of people said they were more pissed off that she broke the lockdown. Totally. Because it puts <laughs> us back. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's like that's so funny. I, it was so funny reading the comments online. People were like, I don't give a shit if she has no no spears, but <laughs> just don't break the lockdown. Oh my god, I know. Anyway, and don't yeah. Oh wow. So that's yeah. happening. There's gonna be a big fallout from that. Um, and yeah, it's just it's really hard to kind of get excited for event events, isn't it? Because I've got a friend's wedding um at the Stoke House later this year. And I was looking so forward to it, but it's just who Styleco are planning and styling. Um, and I'm not sure what they've advised her just yet or if they're holding off, but it's it's November. What do you reckon? Mm, how many people? Oh, I would say there'd be well over 100. It'd be quite a big wedding. Uh, well, it'd depend on density limits inside in venues. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's no D floor. So, yeah, which is, yeah. you don't. You don't want to do it. It's a Especially huge Especially them, they love a party. Mm, they love yep. a party. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when. when's the time that you pull the trigger, you know? Like, do you have a certain date, uh, like a time frame, if things are still unsure? Like, at the moment, would you be like, November brides? Um, or do you kind of wait? Well, for us, I mean, we're mid-September and we won't know anything until the end of September. The biggest thing with brides that they've got to consider is when their invoices are due for perishables, so catering and floristry. If they're making a decision any time past when you've paid and confirmed those invoices, you run the risk of losing that money if they shut you down. So you've just got to be really careful. And if you are going to proceed, then you've got to, you know, have one or two backup lists for people that can or cannot come. Um, if you've got 50 or 100 people in a density limit and be prepared there's going to be masks and be prepared that there may be no dance floor. Mm. And if you call with all players. of those. I think they even organised a sax player. Oh, I know. Yeah. See, <laughs> nobody's, know. nobody's heard anything about wind instruments this year. <laughs> so God knows what's happening. Wind instruments. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'd proceed with caution. We've got one left. Um, from five in November and they've got 24 people at home and that's it. So oh, everyone really? else has pushed. Yep. Yep. So. To next year? Um, yes. Yeah, some have done midweek early reduced size weddings and then others have done a full year. Yeah. I don't advise doing a full year postponement at all. I did last year to give themselves a bit of a run, but I don't this time around just because you lose interest. If this is your second time you're postponing, you're not you're not going to be as excited in the lead up and it will almost feel like a chore. So I always, I'm saying to people who are wanting to push the date, push within a three to four month period, um, pick a weekday. Um, if you can't get a Saturday, don't worry about what day it is. Everyone's going to want to have a party. Everybody, once they can, will do any day, any day. Nobody's going to care in January if it's a Saturday or if it's a Tuesday that you're having a wedding. No one's going to care. So 
pick a day so that you can still enjoy the process. But um, yeah, don't push another twelve months because yeah, I think you'll I think you'll get over it. And life comes in, babies come in, changes. You buy a house, you move countries. Who knows? You know. So mm, it's hard. It's hard for them this year. But who knows? Who knows what the rules will be with double backs? I don't know. I don't know. It is a sticky, sticky, sticky situation at the moment. What do you reckon about mine in Jan? I reckon you're fine in Jan. Especially, I think, because we've only got less than 30 people too. It's a small wedding. It's held at a venue, so you've got high density limits there. We've got a whole winery to ourselves, so I think we should be okay. And if there's no dance floors inside but there is outside, you can dance on the deck. So doesn't matter I think you'll be fine I'm so you know what I'm like quite relieved that we decided to do that it sounded ridiculous thinking in 2022 to have a small wedding because of COVID when I initially booked it and that's why we booked a small wedding but now there's getting closer yeah totally it's not such a dumb thing to say to people <laughs> I remember saying to people oh no. we're just having a small wedding in 2022 because of COVID like who you know and I think people were like this was like a, obviously six you know a mm, year ago maybe mm, or six months yeah, ago yeah 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 we was. decided and I think people were like uh like you'll be fine if you yeah. wanted a big wedding by then but bum, bum, team anyway nobody could have predicted this though like let's be honest all right let's jump into it a question so question one from Sally I have 155 people coming to my wedding but the cost of catering is beyond okay yes that's why we don't invite 155 people. That's a lot. So we've decided to do a cocktail, but we now don't have any beautiful table settings. I know it's saving us money, but what can we do to make it special? Oh, yeah. Mm, well, there's lots of things that you can do to make it special. Yeah, look, anything over 100 people per head, the cost goes up really quickly and really fast. Um, and that's the same thing, quickly and fast, isn't it? Really? <laughs> so it goes just really bloody like the speed of light. If you have got 100 people over um, consistently, like the numbers getting up by the tens, um, then you are going to have your costs go up as well. Because you've got to remember if you are doing a sit down, you have got cutlery, crockery, glassware, linens, napkins, chairs, additional tables. Okay. So it's not just the, um, it's not just the actual food cost per head, but it's all the other things that go with it. So your best things to do, and I think we've spoken about this in a cocktail wedding actually, what I th- and, and what we were talking about is be really careful like with cocktails and doing a lower per head package because it lulls you into this false sense of security that then you can have extra cocktails at the bar and then you can have a cigar bar and then you can have um, oh, and then you can have a you know, all these feature bars and every single time you add an extra feature on the cost goes up. So just be really careful of thinking that cocktails is always cheaper. It may be if you can restrain yourself, (laughs) which most couples can't because there are so many amazing options. Little things to do to make it special will be, um, you know, personalised napkins. So have your names and have your wedding dates on your napkins. Um, Don't just have plain white paper, like have some really cool quotes. Um, personalized bars so if you are going to do cocktail you know pick one or the other get um you know if you guys are real seafood people get 
the incredible company of Blackman Bay Oysters to come and shuck fresh oysters for you. Um, If you are vodka drinkers. When you do do the shucked oysters, do you find they go? So quick. Really? Yeah, because it's a theatrical performance. Like these guys walk around with. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, Yeah, like the carts hanging off their bodies. Yeah, they're incredible. So people people actually eat them. Yeah. I feel like oysters, like maybe 10% of your guests may enjoy them. If you've, if you've got like a guest that will eat seafood, you know them, then yeah, I think yeah. it's worth okay. it. Yeah, definitely. It's Sorry fun. To it's a good way to, um, it's just a good way to add something theatrical into your food service too, okay. you know? Yeah. Really cool. Flaming cocktails. There's lots wow. of little ways that you can add personalization um, and special things that adjust you and your partner. Just be careful to not add too many. Restrain yep. yourself. Great. Yes. All right. Question two. So from Fran. Flowers that are cost effective. Oh. (laughs) Okay, Fran. That's like asking what's the cheapest alternative for your wedding dress. Flowers cost what they do for so many, um, uh, so many reasons seasonal weather patterns could one year have them blooming one year have them completely decimated so then what you do are able to get your hands on are actually a little bit more expensive than normal um flowers come in and out of trends take pampas grass sort of five years ago that was really cool that was really expensive you know it could get from up to three to five dollars a stem for a weed that is actually incredibly bad for the environment. So, you know, when you, when you look at Ecuadorian roses, you know that they're a premium product, so they're going to have a premium cost. But there are lots of flowers that you might look at like Pampas, like Jip, Old Baby's Breath, um, that you might think is actually quite cheap, but you need to use it pretty densely, i.e. Baby's Breath, to get a really good effect Um, And that's not just five or 10 bunches that can be 50 or 60. So the cost then ramps up again. So flowers that are cost effective is, you know, how long is a piece of string? It depends on what vibe you're going for. But we always advise couples to purchase in season um, rather than on a specific flower base. So, you know, if you're getting married in July and you want peonies, peonies peonies however you say it um, I feel like you should know how to say it out of all oh, people no we all everyone get because oh, even so it florists, can be different either, oh my god one. even florists say, oh okay good yeah yeah no 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 it's like depends on depends on who you talk to who, who says what but if you're trying to order peonies in July you're going to have to import them so they're going to be really expensive um so work if you've got a budget work within what's available in your state at that time work your color palettes in work your whole style and your vibe in unless you're willing to really spend the extra money um you know be very lean on your florist and their knowledge and and just be really um really mindful to order based on what is available rather than maybe what you want from ali i can justify the amount of money oh sorry not i can (laughs) I can't justify the amount of money on stationery. It seems excessive for what it's providing. 
Ooh. Oh, anyone supplies listening to that? Food <laughs> stationery. Can you please give me some tips on what to include and what not to? Okay. So what do we have to, what is a must to include with our stationery, Laura? Okay, well, I think, and this is probably like a real controversial opinion, but I think that you start with the invitations. So I actually think that investing in your invitation suite is really important um, or your website if you're going to just do a nice save the date and then have a really well-dialed online wedding website. But that's how you start your creative aesthetic is with your invitations. Um, I think it's important to invest from the very beginning in that. When you go on the day stationary, um, be mindful of what you actually need versus what you see on Instagram that you think looks good. Uh, Like Andy, for example, like you're getting married at a winery. You only have 30 people. You, there is nobody else there. You have got one designated spot to go. Nobody's going to get lost. Do you need (laughs) directional sign? No. Do you need a welcome sign? Probably not. They know why they're there. Do you need a seating chart for 30 people? Probably not if you don't want to have one. So I think it really depends on the style of wedding you're having. And like, what do you remember? Like, it's really nice to look at a photo online and see this really cool welcome sign. Do you take any notice of it when you're there though? I don't think I do. Mm. Um, It's interesting, isn't it? No. Well, I mean, I can't remember any details from any wedding that I've ever been at. And I (laughs) do this as part of my blog, which is really bad. Um, And as we say, and every time we interview brides, they say it's not how, um, you know, it's not the look of things. It's how it's, you know, you felt from the wedding. So I guess little um, things on like it's time to party kind of signs are really cool Um, in terms of like if you want to do something cool with stationery. But... Yeah, like do you think place cards is a must? Yeah, I do. And I think that menus are a must per person do, as do well. Do we think menus? 100%. They complete Why? a table because they complete a table look. Just on the plate, do you mean? Or like under the napkin? Well, it depends on what dish you're having, whether or not you've got plates on the table. And if you're having, let's say, a plated main where they bring each, you know, it's like an alternate, a yeah. plated main, you're not going to have plates on the table. So if you don't have a menu and a name card, all you've got in front of you is a napkin. And if you don't invest in high quality linen napkins, all you've got is a white polyester thing sitting in front of people's plates. Not very nice. So you need to really think about it. Do you have to have menus per person or could you just have some little like creative little menus amongst the table? I think if your budget allows, it's way more important to have a menu per person than it is to have them on the tables. If you're going to have them on the tables, chances are they might actually get lost and people aren't going to see them at all. So what might be better is to do an order of service next to your seating chart with your menu. Okay. So have a destination where people go and see all of it rather than having little bits dotted throughout your reception because the amount of times I've gone to a wedding with menus on the table and we've been like on like, you know, those huge long tables, I don't see a menu at all. Oh, okay. So put it right in front of the person. Yes. Make it easy for them. Make it easy. And And yeah. Could you put the menu and the the name together? Like I think I saw someone do this really cool, wasn't um, Nadia Fairfax or was it? I don't know, but it had like the name kind of and like a squiggle around the outside with like the menu on the inside. Could you like combine the two Yeah, you rather can... than have like a little like name card 
thing with your menu? Could you do the two together? Yeah, totally. Do you like that or would you prefer two separate as a stylist? If you're having a really fun, quirky style of wedding, um, something that's really aesthetically bold and different, then I think you should do two separate because it allows you to get creative with both elements. Um, If it's a little bit more reserved, I think a classic DL shape or a square shape with a separate name tag is really nice. Okay. And um, how about cocktail? Would you think Mm -hmm. that there is more stationary for cocktail because – there might be a bar menu so people can know what drinks that they need mm, to order. Mm. Like is a drink menu necessary as part I don't, of stationery? I don't think so, no. I think when talking to my couples, that's one of the first things I tell people that they don't need to worry about because everybody has a drinks menu on a bar that they don't go up to because it's table service. <laughs> so if you've got a cocktail wedding, absolutely, because everyone's going up to the bar. Yeah. But if you're sitting down at a really luxe venue, they will wait on you hand and foot. You're never going to make the bar unless it's literally for a shot you're not looking at a bar menu so when you pick and choose your signage and what you want to use they're the kind of things that I would suggest you think about you know you're going to one place do you need a welcome sign probably not um you're you don't have a bar because you know the wait staff are going to be there that's their job do you need a bar sign probably not you know do you want to make a really cool neon above the bar and like bottoms up or have a really cool sign to direct people to the bar I think that's a much better investment to do something fun than just to have a standard bar sign that tells you your wines Mm. yeah so you don't particularly need too much stationery just very basic I think you need what suits your wedding specifically but in those pieces I think that you put the investment in and make them really nice has welcome signs always been a thing or is this just a recent trend Nuts. Because it does seem like a bit of a waste of time. Like, welcome to so and so's. Like, we know. We know. Boring. We got the invite. Is that what you? Is that like? Is it just another thing to sell? Just another thing, and that's all. Just ridiculous. And people kind of pass it because it's always at the entrance and never think about it again. And and it might be like a thousand dollar sign. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it really cool. Like we've done super cool. Uh, we work with Rebel Reflect a little bit, and we have done with uh, shout out to Joe, who is currently with like the most freshest little newborn baby. So I hope she's getting enough rest right now. Um, But we've done some really cool welcome signs. Like we've done one meter by two meter huge disc signs and we've done like bent A-frames. And if you're limiting what you're offering, then you can do it really well. So do you know what? If you've got a cocktail wedding and you've just got a welcome sign, a bar sign and um, let's just say like coasters or like um, drink skewers or cocktail stirrers or something, then yeah, but do a cool one. Okay. Do it like huge, do it lit up, do it flower heavy. I, I like make those a welcome statement. signs that have like the champagne and will hold us. Yes, I know. <laughs> you see on um, Pinterest. Like, That's I mean, very like, American of you. Yeah, it's so yeah. American. But, uh, I mean, like I wouldn't personally do it at mine and I don't think many people would, but just something like super, people are like, oh, wow. Like yeah. that's pretty cool. You know? I love that. I think that's really, yeah, I love that. A lot of what we've got in the Australian market is, um, is uh, driven a lot by America. So things like escort cards, um, the difference between a seating chart and an escort card. So that is technically an escort card. Really? I Whereas always look at the American wedding. So different. Yeah. I think they look shit. 
there's a lot of money dropped in America. I think I'm in the wrong country. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's all personal choice. But I think you've got to do, if you're going to do signage and stationery, hone in what you're doing. Don't put it everywhere, but do it premium. And yeah. I know your graphic designers Perhaps we can will. do a whole episode on um, signage and how to make, you know, your wedding original. Yeah. yeah so if definitely. you've got a question on that, um, we ask you if you've got a question or you'd like advice, simply record your message inside on to our Instagram DMs. So that is at the, so at the, at the front, the you and me podcast, if you want to follow us on Instagram um, or leave an email to hello at the you and me podcast.com and we'll answer your questions. So thanks for listening. Ciao for now. Bye.